We continue on in our series of Word Without Condemnation, the second part of it. And um, if you've been following along with us for the last number of weeks, we've been looking at the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Pastor Catherine will actually, she started off our series on Nehemiah back in November, and uh, she will bring our Nehemiah series to a close next week. Uh, Pastor Catherine will be preaching, and I'm looking forward to that uh, for her, and she'll share with us next week. But as we looked last week, one of the primary uh, points of teaching, we, we did that already. We did three parts, so three points, and last week was the first one. And how the, the study of the Word of God and getting into the Word of God is life's link that we need that link in our life to connect us to the Lord. We need it to be dedicated to the Word of God. And uh, so the very first point we had was life's link. And as we look about going forward, you know, the, the second thing today is, is that we would hear the Word of God without condemnation. That we'd hear the Word of God without condemnation. I, I didn't say without conviction or without repentance, but without condemnation. You see, we all want God's word and we need God's word to convict us of our sin. We need God's word to bring us to repentance. We need God's word to strengthen and to instruct our life, but we don't need the condemnation in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verses 5 to 6 and then also on in verses 9 to 11. And I know that you're capable of reading in whatever translation you've brought with you this morning, but we will put them on the screen. And in the second, uh, verses 9 to 11, we'll put that one up, please, Carol. And this is what I pulled out of there. This is a holy day to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go away. Eat the fat and drink the sweet wine. And send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. I want to talk to you today about receiving the goal of God's word as you allow it to speak to your life. These people hadn't been exposed to the word of God for a long time. They had been living through captivity and brokenness and broken rubble. and uh, There had been very little in, in terms of the light of God's word shining into the darkness of their own hearts. And as they begin to hear the word of God for the, again for the first time, they are overcome with sorrow and weeping. Their hearts are overcome with grief as they begin to feel broken by the sheer force of God's law, as is read out loud to them. As they take a look at the word of God and the law of God, and they think about their own lives, they just begin to weep. 
Now, I think we all know what that is like. There's times where we sit down and we look at the weight of our sin. We just, we're, we're broken. You know, maybe we hear and we read the word of God over and again and you read it to yourself and you say, oh, I've done that. I've said terrible things like that. I don't love like that. I've just sinned against people that are just like that. You know, sometimes we read the word of God and we, we fall into those same categories, don't we? Sometimes we're so hard on, on Thomas who was doubting, but, but yet we live in that same place sometimes. And so we get to the place where we wander up much like them. We end up on our knees. We end up broken. It's almost as though they've been, dri been driven by the sheer weight of their condemnation of that moment, just, just right to the ground. It's like I can't move and I'm frozen. And it's at this moment, it's at this moment when Ezra and Nehemiah and all the Levites realize that something is terribly wrong. That something is terribly wrong. Wait a minute, this is not the appropriate response to what God is saying. And they actually tell them to stop, hey, quit it. We all know individuals that just keep putting themselves down. Oh, I'm just a sinner. Well, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And they just keep playing the, the, the down part. And you know what? We were sinners. And yes, we are saved by grace. But that is not our identity anymore. So let's, let's get up off our knees. And I'm not saying there isn't times for God to convict us and God to set us straight. But sometimes we just feel so broken under the weight of our own condemnation. God says, you know what, get up. I, I want to I raise you up. This is surprising because you think these leaders would be pleased and say, yeah, that's good. Oh man, we had some real weeping at the altars today. We had some really crying going on. We had some wailing going on. But they were wise leaders. And they quickly realized that this isn't brokenness this is hopelessness. And there's a difference. There's a difference between being broken and being hopeless. These people aren't just convicted. They're immobilized. They're condemned. They're realizing, that, you know, what? the sheer weight of their sin doesn't... They're broken. They, they, they just... They're under that weight. And God doesn't want to put more weight on us, does he? In fact, he wants to lift that off. He wants to restore. He wants to renew us. And sometimes we just stay there. One of the most needful things for every single one of us is to learn early in the Christian life is the arrival at the responsive frame of mind when you approach the scriptures. Understand this. The Lord wants his word to be blessed, nourishment, and joyful encouragement to your life. I, and I'm fully aware that there are times when we need to confess our sin. I'm absolutely aware of that. And I know we need to confront what is off base and wicked in our lives. We need to set those things straight. I understand that. I know that the word is often used to reproof and, and correct our souls. 
But no one who reads the Bible can honestly avoid those truths that that needs to happen. In fact, in 2 Timothy, we know this verse well. In verses, uh, chapter 3, verse 15 to 17, it says, And now from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writing which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed out by God for, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The psalmist David said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. If we could just go back to that one passage in 2 Timothy. We know this passage of Scripture. We've heard it before. But I wonder how many times we just stop at the beginning of it. In, in verse 16, we, see, we know that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then we stop there. We don't get to the part where that, it, that we may be complete. We, we just think about the correction. We just think about, oh, God's going to reproof me. God, God is just wanting to, you know, don't do that. As opposed to, you know, God is actually wanting to equip us. God wants to strengthen us with his word. So sometimes we read his word and all we read is the first part. We don't get to the point where God says, you know what, I want to strengthen your life. It's not just about correction, it's about training and equipping you. The next verse that we looked at today, in, in Psalms, it says, we know that again, we know this passage of scripture, search me and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way or wicked ways in me. And we stop there. As opposed to carrying on and it says, lead me in the way of everlasting. You see, there's, there's always a goal to it. Sometimes, again, we get stuck at just the, the correction and the reproof of it. And God says, you know what? There's so much more to my word than just those things. I want you to know that God has more for us. Obviously, it's used to bring correction to our lives. Obviously, it's used by the Holy Spirit to split open our hearts and lay everything before our Creator. And obviously, there will be times when it becomes painful where we are corrected by God. But here's the problem. It's natural, inbred tendency of every single one of us on the part of all of us to confuse the loving prod of the Holy Spirit towards repentance with the life-quenching plot of the evil one to freeze us in our spot where we are right now in our souls. To just bring us to the place of condemnation as we read the word of God. And God's word doesn't just want to bring condemnation to us. That's not his goal. It's to convict us of our sin, but it's also to lead us into righteousness. It's to show us what's going on that isn't lining up with the word of God. But it's not just to stop us there. It's to continue to bring life in us. Sometimes we read the word of God and we just get the conviction. We just get the condemnation. God says, no, 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 no. You're not getting it. I want you to have life. 
I don't want you to just be stuck in your, the weight of your sin. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, and again, we read that one, but I just underlined the two parts for the, the difference of it, right? Sometimes we just get stuck there. I want to encourage you as you memorize Scripture to memorize all of Scripture. Don't just, don't just say, you know, yeah, God's Word is just there to correct me. God's Word is just there to reproof me. God's Word is just there to... No, understand, it's, yeah, that's part of it, but the other part of it is also to train you in righteousness. It's also to bring you up. It's also to make you complete. It's also to bring you to where you should be. You see, when he speaks about my sin, and God speaks, does speak to me about my sin, and he does speak to you about your sin, it's, it's never a fact of merely trying to condemn us about our own unrighteousness. That's not God's plan. When God speaks to you about your sin and my sin, he says, you know what, that's, that's not where I left you. You, we can cry all we want about our past sins. We can weep and we can, we can be agonized over it, but listen to me. Those tears will never erase the sin and the stain from your heart. We can cry all we want about sin, and that never removes the stain of the sin. The only thing that removes the stain of sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. I could cry all I want about the sin in my life, but the, all those tears will not wash away the sin from me. Only the work of Jesus Christ on the cross can make me whole and pure and clean. Sometimes when we read the Word of God, we're just so overwhelmed by where we are personally, we just begin to cry. And God says, you know what? That those tears, are, they're not washing away your sin. Only Jesus can wash away your sin. Only Jesus can make you clean. And there are scores of people who miss this truth. They know the doctrine about new birth, and they miss one of the central truths of the gospel. That Jesus never came in this, to this world to condemn this world. He never came to condemn you of your sin. We all know John 3, 16. Yes? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17, we also need to remember though. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God did not send Jesus Christ to condemn you. If you are in Christ, you are not condemned. Your sin is no longer a, a death sentence. John 3.16 tells us why Jesus came. And verse 17 tells us why Jesus didn't come. These words just don't apply to those who haven't yet responded to God's grace. They apply to you and I if you are a believer. As long as you live the Christian life with any degree of faithfulness, the devil knows that he's not likely to get you to flat out deny God's word. He may even, not even be able to get you to stop reading 
the Bible. Uh, maybe occasionally he can get you to do that. But it doesn't have to suck the word of its transformation power in terms of freeing your soul. All he has to do is just say, you know what? Your, your sin just makes you unholy. Your sin doesn't, makes you unworthy. Your sin keeps you down. That's all the enemy has to do is just suck half the truth away. Where we understand that it's not about the weeping and the wailing. Christ didn't die on a cross so that we would just be broken. He died to restore us. He died to set us free. He died to bring us back up. Sometimes our sin, we're just condemned by it. And God says, no, I, I don't want you to be condemned. I want you to be set free. I want you to be healed. And as we close our minds to the loving intent of the Father through his word, it's as, as effective as robbing us of spiritual life as removing all the Bibles from Canada right now. If the enemy can get you thinking that God is just wanting to condemn you, you don't, he, it's just like he's done his job. Because tell me, why would anybody want to come to faith in Christ if they see us just condemned? That would be a sad testimony, wouldn't it? But if they see you as someone, yeah, who makes mistakes, but is forgiven, is free, is whole, as opposed to just stuck in their condemnation. Wow. It's such a practical truth, and I'm sure we've had all had that experience in this past month. God deals with your soul about impure thoughts and that caving into that greed, that betrayal of your first love, that unkind word, the promise is not kept. And the fundamental question you have to ask yourself is this, is why did God speak to your heart about that sin? You see, when God brings to your, your mind, your heart, about some sin that you've committed, why did God speak that to you? Was it to condemn you? No, absolutely not. It was to set you free from it. Not to condemn you. God doesn't say, you know what, I want to just condemn you in your sin. I want to remove it from you is what he says. Was it to make you wail about it? Oh God, I'm so stupid. I'm such a, a no good Christian. Is that what God would want from you? No. He wouldn't want you to say, well, I don't think I'm ever going to measure up. He didn't speak it to you to leave you broken. He spoke it to you to lead you in the way of everlasting life. He said, you know what? Get over this bump. Don't allow this to be what keeps you down. God says, you know what, let me restore the song of your heart. Let me give you strength and for your life again. I, I don't want to see you weighted down by this, so get back up. Oh, he doesn't condemn us. God's got so much more in store for us. So much life, so much hope that he wants us to convey. And we'd be much better at conveying life and hope if we didn't feel condemned. God's not come to condemn you. 
He's come to, yes, to show you your sin, but, to, but not to leave you there, to pick you up and to move you forward. The pursuit of holiness. In verses 9 to 12, and again, I'm not going to read all of this for you, but I did underline this. It says, this is the holy, or sorry, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go away. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send the portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Later on in verse 11, it says, Be quiet. For this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went, went their way to eat and drink and send portions and make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that he declared to them. You see, they moved ahead when they understood the heart of the Father. In all his words of the law, God's heart was for them. And God's heart is for you, even when you feel the correction of the Heavenly Father. When God corrects you, it's because he loves you. When God points out your sin, it's because he doesn't want you to stay there. It's not, he doesn't want to keep that over you. He wants to pick you up from it. Oh, what a different perspective, isn't it? If we think that when we sin, or when we sin, we do sin. If we think that God's trying to keep us down in that, don't we feel condemned? Because says, no, 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 when you sin, I want to pull you up. I want to pick you up. I want you to move forward again. I want you to do great things. I want you to live life as I've intended for you to live life. God corrects us not to kill or to destroy you. It's to keep you on the right path, the path of righteousness. Does he correct? Yes. Does he reprove? Yes. Does he convict? Yes. Does he call to repentance? Yes. Does he chastise? Yes. But he's still the good shepherd. And he still loves you. Wow. You see, don't receive the word with condemnation. Obey the freeing knowledge of the intent of his word. His word is to, let's go back actually to that very first couple of scriptures that we had at the beginning, please. Second uh, Timothy. Yeah, that all scriptures, God breathed, is breathed up by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete for every good work. God's word is not to condemn you. It's to complete you. 
Would you receive that today? Would you say, Father, I thank you for your word that doesn't condemn me. It brings me along. It completes me. It, it allows me to do the good works, God, that you've had before me. And yeah, if God is speaking to your heart, then you need to respond to that. If there's things in your life that you need to get right with God, then get right with God. But don't sit there. Don't remain there just wailing and weeping. God says, you know what? For, you're forgiven the moment that you ask for it. Now get up. Now get up. You know who's the hardest in condemning us? is not just the enemy of our souls, but it's ourselves. When we sin, we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. I want you to know that if God has forgiven you, he's forgiven you. He holds it not against you anymore. So we don't need to be condemned. We don't need to live in condemnation. We need to be moving on. We need to get back up and say, thank you, God, that you've called me to be a man and a woman for you. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us to have our lives lined up with your word. To know, Father, that you have good things in store for us. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us. And Father, when you speak to us, I pray that we would not be condemned. But Lord, we'd be set free. We'd confess our sins and know, God, that you have cleansed us and you've made us whole and pure and clean. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us. Help us, Lord, to live for you. And, God, when we hear your word of correction, I pray, Lord, that we would not be condemned, but, Father, we would be changed into who you'd want us to be. Lord, I thank you for this day. And I pray, Lord, that you'd go with us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are visiting with us today, we have a guest number that you can text. We'd be happy to connect with you. It is 844-997-4020. God bless you. It's been good having you today. If you'd like to give, you can text the word give uh, to 88, sorry, 844-963-4164. You'll also know that you can use various other methods to give. God bless you as you give. And thank you for your faithfulness and honoring the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. May God bless you and go with you.